0: Viking: committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Hello and welcome to Money Beat Week. This is Steve Grosser. On this week's show, we'll be talking Alibaba after this. Life's full of little victories. Like beating your personal best 5K time. Yes. Hitting platinum in hotel and airline points.
1: For and or
0: scoring a reservation at that hot new restaurant. And everyone is worth celebrating with a victory lap in your Cadillac. Which is running smoothly, thanks to the Cadillac Certified Service experts. Now, here's something new to Celebrate. Cadillac has just received the J.D. Power Award for highest in customer satisfaction with dealer service among luxury brands. So when it comes to dealer service, there's Cadillac and there's everyone else. For a limited time, get a $100 mail in rebate debit card and a set of four select brand name tires. See participating U.S. Cadillac dealer for eligible tire brands and details. Rebate form must be postmarked by 11 30 14. Allow 68 weeks for delivery of debit card. Offer ends 10 31 14. For JD Power award information, go to jdpower.com. We've been waiting for this for months. It's finally here. The biggest IPO that's on record came, and it actually turned out to be pretty successful. None of the f- issues that uh, played Facebook. This was a good IPO. Right, tell us?
2: I can't see what they would have... Uh, I don't know how it could have gone better for them. Um, they priced it at a level that allowed them to sell it to their kind of big institutional buddies. Um, they saw it trade up significantly but smoothly in the aftermarket. Um There's not a ton of dissent from the banks. Um, I'm not hearing that they all hated the fact that they're all getting similar, relatively similar paydays. Um, Jack Ma had a nice little kind of PR hit on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. Um, I think they might be the biggest winner in all of this because not only did the process go smoothly, but, you know, the scene on the floor, it just is now synonymous with the opening of a big IPO. Um, That action, that kind of presence, you know, CNBC just being totally in their face all morning. Everyone else sends a reporter down and talks to them. I mean, I think that's just that's just now that's what an IPO is. Um, You know, as we all know, the floor is just a. We were talking. If if the NY if, if the floor of the museum is a, is a, if the floor of the exchange is a museum, then the traders there are just the docents, just sort of hanging around, pointing you to where you know Art Cashin used to stand back in the day and things like that. So uh, you know this is their big moment, and and if and they delivered, and they delivered, and they well you know they, well the, the exchange plays a very small part right. in this. Not I mean, right. the, who really delivered here were. The upstairs desks, you know, yeah. I mean, let, kind of marshaled by Goldman. You know, the, these are the guys who kind of built this order book. And, you know, with little assist from the floor traders who really were just, like, pooling orders from their own, you know, electronic books that come in. And then they have a little chit-chat about it and finalize the price. So, uh, you know, unlike NASDAQ, they aren't really reliant on, like, a big matching engine, single, you know, it-all-happens-in-a-millisecond kind of technology, um, which, you know, in theory is the way things should work. But, you know, obviously uh, with, uh, you know, the risks that come with that, I think people will just you know it's it's now it's now conventional wisdom that the that the human element adds uh, some stability to the
3: process and yeah. it was it was fascinating to see i, I mean i think You can officially call this the anti-Facebook IPO. I mean, everything that went wrong for Facebook seems to have gone right here for Alibaba. Uh, And and you just look at – I mean, it took two and a half hours for the stock to actually start trading. But a lot of people have a very positive reception to to that length of time. It clearly showed that they were doing everything they could to – to, to get everything in order for when the stock was going to trade. And so there weren't going to be any problems like there were more than two years ago with Facebook. And then, you know, it priced last night at, at 68. You had all these opening indicators coming in at, you know, ranges from, what, 81 to 84. And then, I, I mean, somewhere in, in the 80s. It got up into the 90s, and then it opened up at 92.70, went up to 99.70. That was the the, the peak of the uh, of the rally so far today. And then, you know, it, it's it's stabilized. It's been in the low 90s now ever since. So, I mean, tell us you're right. It, I mean, what could they have to, is there anything they could have done differently differently to make it even better? I mean,
2: I think the only thing that would have made this better for them is if it had been in Hong Kong. I think that would have been ideal for them. Uh but, you know, I I think I think in retrospect they'll probably like the fact that this was their big global debut. Um you know, Jack Ma clearly likes the attention. He clearly likes to put himself in the same... Bra- you know, he was talking about how he admires IBM and Amazon and Google and Apple and things like that. You know, that that you come here to learn about great companies. And, and his hero, too. And his hero, yeah. uh, none other Who's than that? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest
3: Gump. Which my my, hero I think too. it was David Faber on CNBC was like, you know he's a fake character. <laughs> he's not a real person. <laughs> But, yeah, Forrest Gump, how about that? I actually was Googling around after. I didn't know this. That's sort of out there. That's been out there for a while Yeah, now. he, he seems to have made that, that, like, yeah.
2: he seems to have adopted that as, like, a quirk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to to my ears and eyes, like, a little bit of it reads, like, somebody gave him sort of, like, a handbook of, like, how to act American. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, he has a bunch of, like, talking points That's that he sort of, like, for yeah. example, he frequently will use this this idea that, um you know uh e-commerce in america is a dessert right most people go out to the store and buy things but in china it's the it's the entree you know which is like <laughs> the a main like,
1: course he said on cnbc the main
2: course I, yeah. yeah oh yeah so he said it again yeah, yeah. Yes, so did. so like you know he tries and look look you know I I can't blame the guy, you know, being asked the same question a million times and trying to be enthusiastic about it. I'm sure it gets tiresome. But, you know, uh, clearly, though, he's made the effort to kind of to to be a a global business celebrity. And
1: his narrative is so key to the company. I mean, you hear about the apartment and they still have meetings in that first apartment where it was launched. I mean, they seem like they've just been very savvy about their story each step of the way. and telling it in, in a quirky way that really resonates on a lot of different levels. I mean, if,
0: if, if he really was, like, given the handbook of how to be an American start tech startup, he would have done it in a garage, that's, you <laughs> know. Right, right. Uh, right they don't have that. garages.
2: Like, does the average person in China have a garage? I'm but just they saying,
0: I mean, you know, you need like, it. That's like, like Steve Jobs like, story. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not just Steve Jobs. It's, like, pretty much every, like, you know tech startup gets you know seems to get hp right that was the first garage right was a garage um it's like you know before you have an idea you actually have to go and find the garage first (laughs) wait but to be
1: fair does that is that some telling that we're like moving more towards the cities because i feel like that was such a big part of everything like silicon valley or garages like now we're moving towards san francisco in the united states is like startup land in new york so you don't hear about garages quite as much. I think you got a, of great, cars. a great
3: trend story on your hand there, Maureen. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron, totally. I'm going
1: to run with this
0: one. <laughs> uh, the other, the, like, were you surprised by the sort of, you know, the excitement? Not necessarily the excitement, but, you know, this had very strong volume. Now, granted, they were selling a, a lot of shares, but very strong volume. One of the big concerns was well, how was Alibaba going to play with the retail investor, the mom-and-pop investor? Um did anything t- you know sort of surprise
2: you today? Tell us. I mean, I think I think the IPO got a big assist from from we, the media. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it's. Just in my life, anecdotally, like people who I know pay no attention to the stock market would come up and ask me about what's going on with this Alibaba thing. It became something that we kind of forced everyone to think about and deal with. And so, you know, anybody who didn't have any idea what Alibaba is, and maybe still really doesn't even have any idea what Alibaba is, I think knew that this was the action today. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that, that the various retail brokers were kind of pushing that in, in, in some you know way, shape or form, pushing it out in the form of news stories or something and getting people interested in it. So, you know, I, I think word got out. And honestly, I, you know, it's a, it's a greed thing, right? Everyone thinks that there's money to be made in this great trade. IPOs are popping. You know, I don't really care what it does. Let's get in on it. So I guess that doesn't totally surprise me. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what uh, you know whether some of the air comes out of the market over time because maybe people aren't really paying that close of attention to it, and I and and it's it remains an open question. Like, what will Jack Ma's sort of presence in the U.S. be going forward? Uh, how much time is he going to spend here? Right, because you know he's he's really got to wear two hats. On the one hand, he's you know China's great folk hero, you know the teacher from the from the from the boonies, you know, kind of turned into international billionaire. Um, so, you know, so he's got to kind of maintain that identity in China. Uh, but at the same time, you know, now he's going to expect, you know, I think they've they've set the bar pretty high that he's going to be a, you know, celebrity CEO on par with the, you know, Bezoses and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not like Jeff Bezos or Tim Cook goes out and does press every day. But, you know, um, you know, when they launch a big product, when they make a big announcement, they find ways to sort of be in I sit in down, people's 60 face. Minutes. Yeah, you know, so uh. one of the well, I mean that like leads you know to the sort of the next question. I mean, you know,
0: you look at where it's priced and where it's trading now. I mean, for most investors who got in today who were not part of the actual IPL like um, and bought last night they're not. Their returns aren't. Aren't. aren't I mean, You've I'm lost not, money. Sure, if you yeah, bought yeah, at the opening trade. Money. You've yeah. lost mm. money now. So, you know, the question is, where does it go from here? I mean, it, you know, where do you see this? You know, a year from now, five years, ten years. What's your thought? Um, you know, for those investors.
3: Well, you had one analyst uh, come out uh, this morning, actually, from Caner Fitzgerald, and, and put a buy rating and a ninety dollars price target on it. So, nope. not, that's nine- done. Yeah, I mean yeah. ninety ninety dollars looks, I mean, pretty good now. It's trading at ninety two, but at the same time, though, that was probably his either his year end or his twelve month forecast. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you go by that theory, then it has it's just going to flatline. So, I I think that I, I would love to get your sense, tell us. I mean, from what I was seeing, it seemed like people thought that there would be a pop. I don't think people expected the kind of pop that we're seeing today right now, uh, and so ninety might actually be pretty pricey from where i sit but i i'd love to get your thoughts well i I mean i haven't seen anybody you know uh, right
2: after the ipo a couple people came out with this the you know the allegedly sort of goofy price targets of a hundred dollars doesn't look so goofy now um you know and i remember back earlier in the process you know bernstein came out on a limb and said you know 245 for the valuation which you know we all kind of were like chuckle, chuckle, you know, bubble times are here. And, you know, maybe that's true, but, but it turned out that they were spot on they the money spot on. Yeah. kind of where it's going. What I worry about with Alibaba is that, you know, with, with a lot of past IPOs, big IPOs, even ones at rich valuations, you know, Facebook had this sort of, it's, in a weird way, they actually kind of set themselves up nicely, um, you know, for a kind of a, a future narrative, right? Everyone knew they had this big problem with mobile, and you know, so they set the bar low, saying, "Look, you know, we've got we've got issues with mobile. Um, you know, uh, we're not monetizing there as quickly as we might want to be, and we think that's got a big thing for the future." So as soon as they turned in a couple of quarters where they were killing it in mobile, the stock exploded, right? Um, uh, you know, with with Twitter, I think it was a you know, it was again the monetization story. You know, how are they going to turn up the dial on monetization? Um, and you know. Uh, for for you know Twitter stock, uh, I'm not sure where it is trading now, but it hasn't it hasn't really killed it since the IPO. I know people continue to ask questions about monetization. Uh, you know, Facebook stock has done well. It's done very well if you bought it at 18. And it's still done pretty well even if you bought it at 38. So you know those those stocks had some sort of obvious catalysts for kind of like you know let's wait and see. You know we want to give them credit for a lot of growth, but 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 they need to get over this hurdle before we really you know send them to the next kind of valuation tier. I don't know what that is for Alibaba. I don't know what metric it is that everyone is going to look at and ask about. You know, mobile monetization has already ramped up a little bit for them. They're kind of ahead of where Twitter was. I don't even know where people are benchmarking, like, sort of where they ought to be. Um, you know, they, they already monetize everything. You know, they don't have a lot of... They're, they're not one of these companies that, you know, has all these loss leader kind of products, audience building, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so I don't I don't think that there's you know necessarily like a like a like a big horizon they already make a ton of money um and i think with these other products uh you know with whether it's cloud computing or expansion into the us i don't think anybody has any idea how to even begin to think about what the size of that opportunity is i mean maybe maybe the one thing would be some kind of resolution with alipay you know, that that might be, you know, they've kind of set a little bit of the tone to that that they'll eventually be bringing that back into the folds. And once the Chinese government lets them buying that company back, maybe that's one thing that people look to. But I don't, I don't see what the real kicker is for this stock six months or a year from now.
1: It seems like the only thing that you really can look at it, that people seem to get so excited about is just that it has such a tiny fraction of the overall Chinese market alone. So, I mean, I think... And also one, that
0: the Chinese market is so so huge, massive. but they're
1: getting credit
2: for that now, right? I mean, they're trading at, oh, a, no, at I, a at a thirty-five x or whatever it if is they can forward keep multiple. Keep
1: on growing. I think that just seems. I mean, maybe that's it's very that's very straightforward. But if they can just keep this growth trajectory going and show all the ways they're going to keep it.
2: Up. Yeah, I guess right. I guess like if if they stay at a thirty-five x and if they grow revenue, you know, they they grow earnings. 20% a year or whatever the stock goes up, you know mm-hmm. there's your gain maybe they don't need like a like a giant catalyst to get them i guess right it's not a multiple expansion story it's just a uh, it's just a net income growth I mean I so think yeah I mean, it, which I, is maybe not there. as exciting but not a bad no, stock but i know. mean
0: when you're looking at china and you know i think a lot of people are sort of making the old gm sort of comparison with china as you know goes china so goes alibaba and if you know if you're betting that china is going to the consumer Segment of China is going to continue to grow rapidly over the next you know five ten years. I mean, Alibaba seems like a good way of playing that in the stock market.
2: I have to say though, I mean, I, you know, and I, I'm not an analyst, so so take my opinion with a grain of salt. But but to me, the the, the downside risks here seem higher, right? Like margins can't get better than mm-hmm. they are. Could no. they? Like that seems uh, you know. And again, that's that's just that's just me. I, I'm not speaking from a great pool of knowledge about their margins. But you know, uh, you know, they're already making you know. 40%, 50%, you know, net EBITDA margins, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, uh, you know, uh, can they grow faster? Uh, you, you know, they can grow with the size of the market, but how, can they really grab more market share? Aren't they more at risk of losing a little
1: bit of market or share? Have to put a lot of money into infrastructure, like the yeah, backbone yeah, of stuff? yeah.
0: Well, I mean, and the other thing, though, is, you know... And it's China. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I was right, and
2: you've got all your governance biggest... risks and all that stuff, you know, that we've kind of endlessly talked over. But, I mean, th- th- those aren't going away.
0: Yeah, those are huge risks. Yeah. And, I, I mean, The Hurt also made the point, too, with, you know, Alipay. You know, what the Chinese government, may, you know, decides of Alipay, if they ever decide that, you know, to sort of crack down on that because they don't want, you know, a system like that, um, would it, it would be a big hit to uh,
2: Alibaba. And Alipay is... is... I don't know if most people understand how integral it is to the way they make their money because, uh, you know, they, they get uh, – obviously they make money on, on advertising, right? They they sell people kind of placement in searches and stuff like that, right? Like you can pay to have a higher search and if you want to be in the T-Mall, the, the, the sort of, you know, kind of graduated version of the big Taobao marketplace, you kind of pay up for that and things like that. But they make commissions – uh, but they make commissions generally on, on some markets only if it goes through Alipay, if you pay through Alipay. So if, so if the Chinese government insists on having some competitor or if, you know, Alipay, if, if they lose some of their sort of, um, uh, you know, kind of profit sharing arrangements with Alipay, um, that, you know, that, that, that could be a big, a big risk to them. Uh, I think that's absolutely something that, that, again, that's more of a downside thing. I don't know how that I don't know how they make more money out of that uh, in the short term.
3: Well, what about just the, the IPO market in general? And, and tell us, you had a good stat. You've been writing about this for a while, but a, particularly the stat about the first day pops for IPOs this year, on average, is about 26%. Is that, for, is that for right? For tech companies, for, yeah. Oh, just for tech companies. Yeah. And so that's, it's like six, 13% overall. 13% overall. Okay. So 20, 26% for tech companies, and that's the biggest number since last year, which was in the 30% range. Yeah, it's, yeah. So you know you you, you have an IPO here, Alibaba, which is a little bit higher than those average levels uh you know the big grand question is this is this a bubble is this another sign or is this a sign of a bubble i mean it seems clear that 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 well i don't know looking at what
2: happened on today's opening it seems like people kind of some people at least piled into this trade just thinking there's going to be a pop here right and and how can i ride this pop um so it's a trade that has worked for the most part for, you know, the hedge funds and the retail guys and stuff over the past couple of years. Um, you know, it's a safe bet that if you buy every – if you try and get an allocation in every IPO, you'll probably make money. And if it's really that easy, you just kind of have to be there for every IPO, and on average, you'll make money. Um you know that suggests to me that people are just going to keep kind of portfolioing these things, and whatever the deal is, whether it's some rinky-dink biotech or whether it's you know the next hotshot tech company, people are just going to keep piling into these trades. And you know, for all the reasons we we talk about endlessly, right? There's no volatility in the rest of the market. Uh, you know, there there aren't a lot of good obvious other trades. You know, financial repression and all these things. You know, to have a little corner of the market where you can get, you know, a nice little uncorrelated return is like, I mean, that's, that's a gold mine. And so I think, I think they're, they're going out to their, the, every bank is going out to their, their trading and their sales force and saying, look, push these IPOs. This is the product that we have. And don't forget, you know, banks compete with all kinds of other ways for you to trade that don't offer you access to IPOs. That's one of the few things that banks have that, that they can offer to people. So I think that they, they're, they're pushing it. I think, the hedge funds see it working. I mean, this people are going to push this thing pedal to the metal until it it breaks down.
0: I found uh, one of the things I found interesting. Uh, just Logic sent over some stats earlier in the week, and this is not including Alibaba, but the U.S. You know, we talk about it being a big uh, IPO market this year and it being hot. It actually was ranked regionally. Uh, the Americas ranked behind Europe and Asia in amount raised for IPOs this year now that suddenly and quickly changed today <laughs> or last night but uh i i found that, that fascinating interesting. it that really it ranked behind yeah. europe really
2: yeah well europe is i had, should
0: say europe middle east africa but um, mainly europe
2: i i mean i guess that, that reflects you know the fact that that the european market has been like totally shut for a couple of years so you had a long backlog yeah. of like big kind of private equity companies that we're aiming to come out and, and and don't forget that you know as hot as the market has been this year, a lot of them have been little biotechs and stuff. Like there hasn't really been short of Alibaba. You know w- what can you point to is really like a massive IPO. Right. I mean, you had like you GoPro, know, which was one of the hot Go- IBOs, GoPro yeah. Yeah. Only was a $500, very small a yeah. million yeah. Yeah. dollars. I mean, if, you had you know, Allied Bank, a lot. I mean, like that. You a know, lot. But, a lot
0: has been raised this year. Um, you know, even in the U.S. compared to past years, but um, it's still. You know, until right now, it was you know Alibaba was game changing to where the U.S. ranks, to past years and to to this year. I mean, I think it was roughly around 50, uh, forty some odd billion dollars that had been raised both prior to
2: uh, Alibaba. Well, and that's a great point. So maybe it's a supply problem for the maybe maybe the IPO market. If it has a problem, it's on the supply side uh, because you know if you're a, uh, uh, you know, a tech company, you can go out and raise tons of money privately uh, from a lot of the same public investors who will buy into your IPO. And so, you know, why why should you, sure, you know, you know, the, the bankers will underprice your deal a little bit and the guys who buy it will get a nice pop. But then where do you go from there? You know, like being a public company still has a fair amount of downside. So, um, you know m- maybe maybe that will be the problem is the, is that you know just companies just don 't rush into the market do you think mm-hmm. we 're
1: going to start seeing a slew of Chinese companies come to market now? That's Does a this open the question. door yeah. um i don 't
2: think so i mean i I think maybe Chinese internet will get you know anything that can sort of arguably tie itself to Alibaba maybe gets more attention because of that, but I still think that there 's a hearty amount of skepticism for your average sort of little Chinese company and now that you can put Alibaba in your portfolio, you've got a lot of exposure to China. You don't really care, you know, point. do I want to go deeper in the sort of, you know, in the past couple of years, there have been some successful Chinese Internet IPOs. You know, you had a, a group buying, uh, you know, one of the or, uh, flash Weibo. sales website with um, uh, a VIP shop. You know, you've had uh, kind of various flavors. Weibo. Of like online Weibo, which was sort of a chat app, you know, so. JD.com. So, JD.com, which is an e-commerce company like Alibaba is. So, you know, so, so you've, been, you've been putting together a, a portfolio of kind of smaller Chinese internet companies. And now you can just say, I don't want any of that. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got Alibaba. That's plenty for me. I'm sure the, these guys are bigger and faster, more profitable than any of that stuff. So, uh, sure, if it's a great trade, I'll, I'll play it. But, you know, I'm not going to own that thing. Quick question.
3: Yeah. Okay. For Telus, for Maureen, for Grocer. Six months from now, Alibaba... Ninety dollars, higher or lower from here?
1: I'm saying it's going to inch up. I think maybe in ninety ninety five range.
3: In six months, six months yeah. from now. That's Maureen. That's one.
2: Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Maureen. I think I think it's I think six months from now it's around ninety dollars.
0: Yeah, I I don't have. My, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting. What I think will be interesting is to see how it trades. Over the next uh, couple of months, because if and if, see if, if Alibaba follows the same pattern that a lot of, you know, IPOs have, because there's a lot of sort of, you know, lockups and the, you know, uh, analyst
2: reports that sort of come out. I think so, it'll be it'll it'll, it'll trade interest. around ninety, but yeah. it'll end up, um, close to you know close to there. Kind of kind of the way Facebook is tra- or Twitter has
3: traded. Yeah. Steve, what's uh, your call? I got to be an outlier here. I I'll go. I'll, I'll be bullish Alibaba. Hundred. Hundred and right. six months. I'm like, I was thinking like 96. And here's 96 what's, for, right. I think 95, These calls 25. mean nothing. These yeah. calls mean nothing. <laughs> not we reporters. price targets. These are not, these are not official price targets. 94 90. and
2: 8. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> Anyways,
0: so that's probably a good place to end it. Um, we'll this circle is back in March. In yeah, yeah. six yeah. months, March 19th, <laughs> six months from now, we'll, we'll let <laughs> you know. We're going to call, we're going to call back. everyone <laughs> on, their, on, on their numbers. Anyways, this has been uh, Steve Grosser, Steve Russo, Maureen Farrell, and Demos. Now this. Wix.com lets you easily create a beautiful professional
3: website for free with hundreds of stunning templates cool features and popular apps you can get your business online today start now at wix.com that's W-I-X.com. this episode is brought to you by vanta vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk streamline security reviews and automate compliance for SOC 2 iso 27001 and more Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com/wsj